Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a very special interview edition of the Leaves Up podcast in which we go back for a part two interview with Hayden Evans. We initially interviewed Hayden back in December 2019, back when Leeds were a championship club with ambitions of heading to the promised land. And Hayden said to us he had way more tales to tell. And boy, did he. We're joining up with Hayden to discuss Marcelo Bielsa, Jesse Marsh, 30 years since the title winning team of which Hayden as a footballing agent represented so many of the important players. And he answers that question for us, will we survive? Let's get straight into it. Hayden, good to see you. Hi, always good to see you guys. It's been three years since we did this in the flesh, which is pretty weird. We've had a pandemic in between and Leeds United won promotion back to the Premier League. Yeah, it's all been very quiet, hasn't it, this last three years? (laughs) (laughs) Recently... Josh Warrington, your client, he's yeah. he's just won the title again. Yeah, 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 fantastic that for Josh. You know, he's he deserved it. You know, he's difficult times, like you said, COVID. I think affected the, the preparations for the fight, which everybody is aware of, where he got knocked out. Um, then he's come back. Unfortunately, you know, head class, uh, cuts meant you know we only got the benefit of four rounds. So he was absolutely determined uh, and it was a great night for all, as usual. Plenty of Leeds fans in there, packed it out, made a lot of noise and uh, and he came out a winner. When he realised he was injured, did he just go for it? Was it like all Yeah, or nothing? funny enough, I mean, uh, yeah, I was speaking to him about that. I, I didn't know exactly how long he'd gone, but it was um, seventh round, I think, he felt his jaw go. And he'd also said to his dad that, you know, there's something wrong with his hand. So... When we got in the dressing room afterwards, um, it became really clear quickly that he'd broken his jaw and and also a problem with his with his hands. So he'd uh, unbelievably fought through that. Yeah. Well, he's a warrior. Yeah. <laughs> now it's great news as well, Chuff, for him. And um, yeah, I wanted to kind of go back to three things that you said three years ago. Uh, there were three predictions. Oh, no. Um, no, no, all good. So so you did say Bielsa would be the man to take us to the Premier League. Yeah. Tick that one off. You did also say Ben White would play for a top five side in the Premier League. Unfortunately, it is Arsenal. Yeah. And uh, you also said Harry Maguire is not worth 80 million. So, <laughs> so I think you're yeah, right on Patrick. all chance. Yeah, exactly. Patrick. <laughs> so um, out of players that you represent recently, um, 
Charlie Cresswell, he he came on at Wolves, didn't he? And I think he, did, he put yeah. in a, a great performance there. Yeah. That was a, it was a weird night, that as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. And I, th- I think, you know, Charlie's that little bit older. We try and play them down, as you know. So we, we didn't talk much about Charlie previously. Um, it's better that they, they make that first appearance, prove themselves. Um, and I think he has done. I think, I think Charlie has. I think... He's unfortunate as well that, you know, we have got a number of centre-backs and people have got differing opinions. But at the end of the day, there's two full international centre-backs in front of him before we even talk about Coops, who's legendary for me, you know, in terms of what he, he gives the club. So you sort of get the frustration of certain fans out there that talk about he's young enough, he's good enough and should be given opportunities. Um but I think there's a there's a reasonable understanding as, as to why perhaps he's not getting all the minutes people might want him to when you just see who's in front of him, you know. But, yeah, he, he's got to get more football soon. We'll have to just see, you know, get to summer, have the usual conversations and who knows where it goes from there. Was it um, a bit of a setback for him on Saturday with Cooper getting injured and Lorente obviously not being fit to start? Click coming in instead of Creswell just stepping yeah, straight I, in was that disappointing? Yeah, I think yeah we'd be lying if we said it otherwise. You, you saw that as possibly an opportunity. I think what what the irony in a way is, uh, although plenty's changed, nothing has changed. So you got a position where we had players being played out of position. The obvious players that should have been in to make a simple change weren't. We got injuries, we got strikers not scoring goals. Now, all of that is reminiscent of somebody who they decided to sack, you know. Mm-hmm. So not a lot not a lot changed in terms of our bad luck. You know, it's just pure bad luck. But, but yeah, from Cressy's point of view, I, I'm sure he probably thought he should have had a chance there. One of the things that we talked about last time was all about keeping players grounded. And um, I read that I think he's one of the most, search for players in the under 23s which is <laughs> according to google that is um which is quite interesting and and is that still the case is it is it a challenge you know because they are obviously he had that um there was that social media post of him admitting he liked country music the other yeah. day which i thought was well it was very funny uh, i didn't put him down as being a, a country country man but yeah and then and then he did his he released his own little video didn't he, of him heading a punch bag <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah, I, I think Char, Charlie's, uh, I mean, Richard is better placed, his father, to, to talk, and obviously Richard is with us in, in the agency, but, um, you, you know, Charlie's very much his own man. So, yeah. you know, you, you get certain players who, who we could say, look, quieting this down or quieting that down. I'm, I'm sure the way he's been brought up with Crazy means that there's an inbuilt honesty to him and, and, you know, he'll know when he's going too far or not too far. Yeah. But he is a he is a character, obviously. Yeah. He do, he, he looks he just seems to me like he's got it all in the head. You know, he's he's the exact right temperament that you would want. He seems so determined. He seems like a warrior himself, and he's he's built like one. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the fans are obviously excited for for all these reasons, even though we've not seen that much of him. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, in, in the in the coming well next season, I suppose you have to be I looking think- at him to actually have a chance to yeah take a place in the team yeah that's right you know or get minutes you know it'll all be down to the discussions in summer and and the plans i mean right now it's really difficult for us to contemplate you know 
proper discussions about any of our players that are at Leeds because, you know, are we talking about a championship club or are we talking about a Premier League club? You know, our hearts are all in the obvious place, but, you know, sensibly there's no point having these conversations until we know the destiny of the club. And last time, again, uh, you mentioned Andy Gray and I listened back and I was trying to listen carefully to things that we might have missed. And, and you did mention his son at the time, uh, who is obviously Archie Gray, who, who you represent as well. And, uh, back then, I mean, how old was he then? So what was he? He was probably like 12, 13. 13 then I think 12. You still wouldn't have thought by, <laughs> by this time, 15, 16, that he'd be kind of on the bench against Tottenham as well, which is, which is crazy. But what does that say about him? That he's obviously developing well, and and does it also say that the club have kind of left gaps for for that to happen as well? What's your thoughts so. on I that? I think you know, uh, I think at the moment you know you'd say that he's he's way ahead of schedule for want of a, a better word. But again, it's uh, Andy. He's in a good family. Andy knows exactly what he's doing. You know, fortunately, he's an agent and a father. He couldn't be in a better place, Archie and young Harry. You know, that, that's younger than him. So it's keeping it all down, you know. Um, you know, we want to work with the club. And we want to do what's right for for Leeds United as well as our players, if if at all possible. Because you know, the bottom line is we're Leeds fans. So you know, it's, it it is always slightly difficult. You know, ultimately we've got to do the best by our client. That's for and for that, that that's the first thing. But you know, if we can do right by Leeds United as well, then we've got a happy home. With that in mind, where you say about sort of keeping keeping a top on it and you know not not wanting people to get too carried away, I was quite surprised that they took him down to Spurs as the extra man. You know, to say that he wasn't going to be playing anyway, it's almost like they were, you know, it's, it's sort of raising the alarm bells almost, yeah, isn't yeah, it? As well, a fifteen-year-old, it, it was strange. I think, and and it coincided with Victor doing a piece in Spain. I think about identifying Archie as, as one of the bright young prospects. So, you know, and, and then, of course, he gets England call-ups, then suddenly he's captaining the England team. And, brilliant. And, you know, so you, you can't keep them out of the limelight too long when, on the part, they're achieving as much as he has done so far. Do you think as well, because um, at the time I remember pondering this, whether there's elements of Bielsa just being clever psychologically as well, you know, sort of making it really clear that there's a clear path for youth into the first team and also the first team players looking back and thinking, bloody hell, there's a, there's a 15, 16 year old on the bench here. I've got to up my game. Do you think there's some of that as well? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I think it's, a, it's been known for a while as a healthy environment down there. It seemed to be working for most. Yeah. The biggest problem we've got, of course, is that people will just look at league tables and not look at the fact that, some of these younger ones we're talking about need to be in an environment where they can they can blossom over a three, four, five year period. So you know, there's there's plenty of skeptics right now are saying, well, it's all right talking about it being quite healthy down there, all the rest of it. Uh, it can't be that good because you've got your senior team and in under twenty three is both looking at relegation. Mm. You know, but you've got to put. In, I think you've got to put into context how quickly we we've come through. You know, it's. We're not a club that's been firmly established with multi-millions pounds worth of funding and everything else. And, um, you know, from our point of view, the treatment of our younger players has, has been great. No problems. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I'm pretty much on my own, I feel, in terms of the fan base and agreeing with that 18-man squad. And, you know, I'm not overly fussed about, you know, having 22 players and, you know, people are kicking off about not signing players. You know, I'm happy for the young players to get the experience and 
I guess, like from your point of view, handling players like Creswell and, and Gray, it's, it's good for them. But as a supporter, I mean, you know, I'm interested to see what you, what you think about it. Like, do you see the bigger picture and, you know, how are Leeds going to get to the top four or five? You know, it, it's surely by nurturing the young players. So yeah, you have to give them a chance. Yeah, I think it is. But then again, you know, it gets to match day home and away, you know, and I turn into the normal hypocritical fervent Leeds fan. <laughs> So everything that I've preached during the week goes out of the window if we're losing, <laughs> uh, you know, and then I'm all for it if we're winning. Yeah. But it's just difficult, isn't it? You know, as a, as a Leeds fan right now, it's yeah. just it's just very difficult to to even think logically. I think you know, I find anyway. It's mm-hmm. um, you know, I hate myself for going, for even looking on Twitter. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's just poisonous on there and it yeah. you know so i feel far far more at home if i'm on the on the away supporters bus and and in yeah. the away end and you know that that's when i get a proper feel really i think for for what what people do feel and yeah uh, yeah and, and right now it is you know i think i think we're a split camp in in all sorts of ways right now mm. you know the the you know there's the obviously pro bielsa's that won't forgive Marsh anything, you know, and there's the same, there's the, the anti Bielsa's who will love Marsh no matter what mistakes he makes because he's not Bielsa. So there's all this nonsense going on as well, instead of us just going, do you know what, there's four games, whatever, you know, forget all of that stuff and let's just analyse it in summer if we need to analyse it for any reason when we know where we are. You know, it's just, I think it's divisive right now. I think uh, 20 odd years ago, you sort of lived in your own head with these thoughts, but now you see everyone else's thoughts and opinions, don't you? And it sort of, it fuels the fire, unfortunately. And then that worry kicks in and yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a dark place to be in. But for context, we're recording this just after the Man City loss at home. Um, we're in Hayden's house, which is very nice. Thanks for inviting us. <laughs> but we're going to go into Bielsa because I think there's loads of stuff we can talk about with him because he's, again, since we last spoke, so much has happened, but... One of the things I wanted to, to pick your brain on was your thoughts on Cody drama going going out as well and general feeling on that, you know, because obviously all your players have, have stayed with the club, um, which is great. And it just, that's stuck out a bit that where it seemed like we were, were obviously lower on the ground for, for good players. And he, de- well, from what I know and understand is that he sort of demanded to go really. Yeah, I think, again, you know, it's hard for me to talk about other individual players because you know they have people advising them or whatever i just think sometimes you have to take that that stance where you're frustrated about not getting minutes but you have to try and understand why you're not getting the minutes so um if we're talking about him as what as out out and out right back um all injuries ignored which at the time that they'd be making decisions about his future everybody was fit then he would see someone like Shaxx, for example, getting in at right back when people see him as a midfielder in front of Cody Drama. You'd get, obviously, Luke holding the position down. You'd get, from time to time, Dallas playing there. So from Cody Drama's point of view, it could be, you know, am I going to, am I knocking my head against a brick wall here? Now, I think some people just enjoyed training under the Bielsa regime and felt that even training and playing at 23s is going to improve me as a footballer. Others felt, no, that's 
that's not the way for me at all. I want to go get minutes. You know, it's worked out really well for Cody. You know, so uh, there's no right or wrong really. It, it's what you're prepared to live with at the time. Um, and if you're not prepared, if you're thinking, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm better than this, which you may well have thought, then him and his agent will be knocking doors down a little bit um, from from the previous administration, the previous regime. It was really clear that if you hinted for one minute that you didn't want to be at Thorpe Arch, you were gone anyway. You know, I think the worry about putting players out on loan under Bielsa as an agent was very rarely did they ever come back. So with a lot of clubs, you do it with the purpose that you're going to improve, you're going to get minutes, you're going to be playing, I hate the saying, against men, you know, in inverted commas, uh, all of that stuff. And then you come back and start your pre-season, and you're a better player. The biggest problem we all had was every time we saw someone going, he, he never got them back. You know, you know? Yeah. So so maybe Cody sent, Cody sent the signals out and instantly he would be gone. Now, it might work out fine because, you know, um, Bielsa has gone. So that, that philosophy might not be there now. They might welcome him back with open arms. Yeah. It seemed, I mean, it, was a, it surprised me a lot at the time. Um it almost seemed like the first the first chink when you look back, you know, the first example of a player sort of, you know, going against Bielsa, you know, Drama wanted to go at a time when we needed him there. Um, obviously, Saiz had left a couple of seasons before, but that was for different reasons and Pontus, whatever happened with him. Um, but yeah, Drama wanting to go. And then a couple of weeks after that, uh, Somerville apparently wanted to go and, and he wasn't allowed to go. It just, it, everything wasn't quite united at that point for maybe the first time. It just, it, yeah, it surprised me. I couldn't really, couldn't really grasp what's actually gone on, why they've allowed drama to go. And then two weeks later, they've not allowed Somerville to go. And I'm sure Bielsa would have been happy for Somerville. Well, I think Bielsa actually said that Somerville could have left, but the board decided that they wanted to keep him. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know what went on between the board and Bielsa at that time, but you were talking a different level of finance in terms of Somerville to, to drama in, in in what their investment had been and what their investment is and, and all, all of that. So, you know, that comes into play as well. That, that Sometimes it's not as easy as that because if you're going to put them out on loan and they're very expensive wage-wise, whatever, it's ending up us paying, paying the wage bill for someone else to benefit from that player. Yeah. Maybe the board felt at that time, no, that, you know, that doesn't work for us. It's interesting you say as well them sort of valuing the time of being coached by Bielsa as well because I know I've heard from a few of the older players um, that you know they would have loved to have been coached by Bielsa at that age because it would have added so much to their career. I think you look at the players that have come on in their late twenties, early thirties, like you, Luke Aylin, Stuart Dallas, for instance, and how much they've benefited. So you. It, it, I mean, it's inconceivable to us because we're Leeds fans, so we're like, well, why, why, why would you want to leave? You know, but but I, I can understand them wanting the game time. But um, obviously, we're talking about Bielsa, so we should probably dive into it. Um, it's, so much has happened. We ended up champions of the championship, and during a pandemic, and then we got to the Premier League. We finished ninth and saw none of it. The season we come back in and uh, we're facing a, a relegation battle and unfortunately Bielsa has been sacked and it is the ultimate leads that I think I don't think we could have even predicted this <laughs> three years ago and it's absolutely insane just what as in your mind uh, as a fan and uh, you know obviously as an agent Hayden uh, what's kind of Bielsa done 
to you as a person, I guess. Yeah, I think as a fan, you know, I, I you know, I've, I was very much right to the, right to the death pro Bielsa. So, um, you know, that's just make that to make that clear, you know. So, um, it was just the whole after, you know, after being through everything we've been through as fans, you know, and I'm of that age where we've seen sort of the real big ups and downs, all the rest of it. For for someone like Bielsa to come in and then do what he did was so refreshing that 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 at last you know what weird I mean I like being dirty leads and I like nobody liking us. However, it was refreshing to 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 have an honest club with class that most people respected with exciting football. Whether you got smashed six nil or not, but exciting football. Um, TV wanting to be all over us all the time, you know. Suddenly, we we were the one that everybody wanted, and and that was, that felt good, you know. And Bielsa did that, and I think he brought so much more though to the city. Obviously, we worked with Josh and and uh, the guys at the city talking, and and you know we're really proud. I'm really proud of our city, you know. And anything to do with Leeds that is successful is good for me, you know. In, in, that's good enough for me. And and he just took it to an even different level, you know, in in terms of people, you know, older ladies and people in the street and, you know, all, all the sort of legendary things that you hear about him now that were just his normal day-to-day workings. Um, so, yeah, I think he took us to a, to a, a, a fantastic level of football, which he did, um, achieved what he needed to achieve. He was brought there to, to get us to the championship. You know, I mean, his initial directive, I don't think was anything other than that, you know, um, stayed the longest he stayed at any domestic club in his in his career. So he loved the place as well. So, um, yeah, everything was great until that fateful day and, and one minute is here and one minute is gone. Next minute is gone. Did you not see it coming whatsoever then? Was there no inkling? I, I, yeah, I, I, I was given indications on like the Friday that I just chose not to believe. That I, First I, stage of grief, isn't I it? I just literally didn't, I, you know, I just, just dismissed it, the, the rumour that was coming from sort of within, um, you know, and, and then obviously found out like everybody else did. And it's, uh, couldn't believe it at the time. Uh, and then, you know, Obviously, you then settle into the situation, don't you? You know, I mean, nothing is forever anyway. Um, and it was a case for me as a Leeds fan then of, okay, I don't know. Well, I knew a little bit because of we work in the industry about Marsh. But in terms of being good enough to, to be our manager, no clue. You know, so it was it was a case of um, first game, you know, I'm not having him at all because I love Bielsa so much. Second game, oh, he's... Yeah, he talks well, he, he, you know, he's not too bad. Third game, it's like, well, we're not conceding goals, so I'm now going to give him a little bit longer than I was. So, you know, I think I went through the same emotions as a lot of Leeds fans. You know, I mean, obviously the anti-Bielsa brigade relished it. Um, but I think now they've got to realise that, you know, things are coming home to roost. So the fixtures were the fixtures for me. You know, we, I, I just felt we could have just stuck with him anyway. You know, it's he might not have won any more than than Marsh. You know, who knows? But you know, they were certainly easier fixtures to come than the ones that he'd previously had. 
Yeah, that's the thing for me. It just seems so reckless. You know, we we knew where we were at with Bielsa. And also you've spoke about like the split in the support now. And and also even like behind the scenes at the club, you know, the tea lady and the kit men. And, you know, it must have been a a bomb dropped on that club. Um, It just seems so risky. I'm still... I'm still, I, I don't think I'll ever come come to terms with it, to be completely honest, because I just felt like he was the key to success. You know, he could have taken us all the way, whereas now I feel like we're just sort of going to be in that cycle of managers. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I mean, football moves on, you know, and, and it's unfortunate. That's that's the name of the game and managers come and go. You know, I, I, I absolutely loved Bielsa and everything that he did. Um, what I don't like really is, so I, I'm, you know, I'm back in the club now because that's what I am. I'm a Leeds fan, so decisions have been made. We've got to go with it now, you know, and everybody's got to move in the same direction to, to hopefully stay in the division. Even if we don't, you know, that's it. We'll we'll, we'll be on the championship, you know, and, and we'll support them and everything will, will carry on from there. The thing that I don't like is, you know, having, whether it's deliberate PR or accidental PR, you know, I don't want to be forced into liking him because the club or other people think I should. <laughs> you know, we, we'll all make our own decisions about that. You know, and for me, his best bet coming in after somebody like legendary like Bielsa, it was, it was a thankless task for the man. You know, I, I do get that, and I actually feel sorry for Marsh with that. But he, he, it's horses for courses. I would have thought it'd be far better just keeping his head down, doing far less PR, and just grinding out results to keep us up. Then it's his team, his pre-season, his his budget, and off we go. And then we can judge him properly. You know? But now, now we're in the mire. It's, it doesn't serve any purpose, really, criticising Marsh. I don't think. I see a lot of criticism about his genes, and we just we, we just don't <laughs> we just don't need it, do we? <laughs> just just let's talk about the footballer, and that's it. Obviously, that decision came from Orta and and Radrizani, I guess, and. Previously, you've said that, you know, you have a lot of respect for Victor Orta and, you know, he is a footballing guy. Has that, has it altered your view anyway in the way this is handled? Do you no, still respect no. him? As it, uh, you know, I, I know I'm probably in the minority as, of, as a Leeds fan that has respect for Victor Orta. I don't know, but 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 I do because I see the work that he does. And, as, uh, you know, uh, people don't always get it right. I mean, uh, to, to, I don't know what went on. I don't know who made the decision. But I don't think we should be so naive to think that Victor Arta had this unique and awesome power with a board that constitutes Rads, um, 49ers, very powerful businessmen, you know, that Victor Arta can go in, you know, jump up and down, shout at them, and they'll suddenly do what he wants. So I don't think, you know, I, I think Victor has taken quite a lot of the blame. For, for for decisions that are clearly not his singularly, so so no, it's you know he's a sporting director, and I think the criticisms that's levelled at him are just some of the transfer dealings, and and then that's probably fair game. You know that's what he has to stand up, be counted for. Um, you know, if you want, he can balance the books by saying that you know he possibly more than anybody else persuaded the club to take a massive gamble and and invest in Bielsa as opposed to players because they couldn't do both at the time and they spent the money on, on Bielsa and, and, you know, we got a result of that. So, yeah, I think it's it's in the balance. I mean, Victor will be judged, won't he, in summer like everybody else, I guess. 
like the signings that Victor's brought in since we've got to Premier League, certainly, um, they've not really worked on the whole. I find it quite funny that Bielsa's not been able to weave his magic with, you know, a lot of those players that have come in. Um, I mean, have you got any theories on, on, on why that might be? It's just, you know, he, he sort of had that incredible effect on everyone that was at the club, but everyone that's come in since, there's not really been much improvement on in them, whether that's or to not signing the right man, you know, and even then Bielsa signed them off. Um, but then, yeah, Bielsa not being able to get that extra bit out of them. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I think unfortunately for us, they all everybody has to take collective responsibility. You know, it's yeah, Vic, Victor may have found players that he felt would be right. Bielsa at the time had to agree anyway. But you know, there was no way you were getting a player in there that he didn't want. So uh, you know, and the board had to approve of the fight. So that it's a collective responsibility when the, when they make a signing. I think you, you know, we're, we're, people say that we sort of bellyache a bit too much, but. I think it's circumstance. I mean, it, there's never been as much misfortune and injuries, and so so even even if the the ideals were we we're going to play this way with this formation with these particular players, I would imagine less than twenty percent of the time during Bielsa's era, and even with with Marsh, have we actually been able to do have the team out there that everybody envisaged having out there playing how they wanted to play, you know. It's been incredible this year, the amount of bad luck we've had. You look at the weekend as well and against Manchester City and the injury that Stuart Dallas had, you know, which was a 50-50 ball. What a horrendous injury, you know. I I think he today it was said that he broke his femur and, like, shattered his knee, and he, or, like, broken his knee. You just think... That is the the last thing we need at this at this point going into the end. Crucial time, you know, and Coop's going off. Yeah, in the warm up, and I think as well, Coop's coming back in recently. I mean, we've talked about it all season, haven't we? Just saying um, that Cooper is just when he's not there, you can see how much they miss a leader on on the pitch. You know, just organising them and keeping them, yeah, just keeping the heads in the game more than more than anything. And and he's he is so good at that, and we've we've missed him. And and I really hope he's not out until the end of the season and we, we see more of him yeah, for this last four yeah, games. Exactly. And like you say, that that whole situation, you know, against Man City where you've got Dallas and Cooper out, it, it just, that's exactly what we've been going through. You know, every month there's been one setback after another. So it's, and that's nobody's fault in particular. It's pure bad luck. The last, the last two seasons have not done too badly on injuries and it's quite interesting that in Bielsa's first season they were plagued all season. And he actually earmarked like improving the, you know, having the players less injuries. It was like a, a way that we're going to get promoted, and and he did it. There was like eight eight players that were practically ever present. Yeah. And then it's just suddenly gone back. I, I mean, what can you say apart from luck? It's this is it, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the the argument that you know the intensity in training has, has found them out. You know, I think. The problem always was that, that that squad are of a certain level, you know, and that level isn't top five, top six or whatever, you know, and the advantages we had were fitness, you know, so we weren't able to technically match some of these teams individually, but but we made up for that with energy, you know, with the press, with, with intensity and all those things. The minute you start reducing all that, I think you're then bringing the player back down to the level that people thought he was at and and you know it creates a gap really in, in what you can achieve and not achieve if you haven't got that that intensity you know 
I think about Marsh and it's almost like the the club has forgotten this in in some way is that it needed someone special to to manage Leeds United and 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 I mean Leeds United in the sense of the fans, the city, the board, the players and I think Bielsa in his character and his nature and and his way managed to weave all those things together and and I think it's not just the decision to to remove Bielsa um and it's not the way in which Marsh is handling things right now. I just think they've forgotten that all those things were completely apart from one another. And back to what you said, Rocco, I, that's kind of been my feeling of it, is, it feels reckless. And I think it would have been difficult any time to, to make the call for Bielsa to go, but to go with a few games remaining, not able to build anything into the squad and... This maybe contradicts like your work as as an agent, I suppose. But you know, when we've had conversations in the past, it's it's the the work in January is kind of it's not not necessarily a positive thing. But you look at clubs like Brentford, where they've brought in uh, Ericsson and on loan, and he that's a unique circumstance. But he has solidified their team, and and they're they're now starting to play much better as a result of him. And it does feel like we've missed some decisions and made the wrong ones at the, at the wrong time. Would would you agree with that? Yeah, we possibly have, but again, you can't. Uh, you, you see the criticism of, um, you know, Bielsa didn't want players. Well, you know, he made it really clear, and he was quoted, and his translator made it clear that, of course, he wanted players, but only players that would improve his squad. Mm. Um, and they aren't that easy to get in January. That's the problem. Yeah. That that January window is is so difficult. I mean, Ericsson, you know, it's purely because it was it, it, it's Brentford and the manager that were giving him a chance to play his football again. You know, again, look, you know, they were so lucky that that circumstance arose that enabled them to get a player that quality. If it hadn't been the circumstances, a, a normal Ericsson, for want of a better word, <laughs> wouldn't be available in the January window, you know, for a Brentford. We needed Erling Haaland available on loan, didn't we? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're just, you know, it's all right. And we talked about Aronson, didn't we? You know, everybody talked about Aronson and everything else, you know. But, you know, I dare say they, they went out and they tried. But there's just no point taking bodies in just for the sake of it. Again, it goes back to where you and I probably disagree a bit. You know, that, that additional two men or three men in the squad means that when you get your injuries and you haven't signed in January, you're still not left too light. That's the problem. So with a fully functional club with with 18 players that are fit, you're fine. As soon as you get not one injury, that doesn't make any difference. But when you start getting three and four injuries like we've had in key positions, you've got a problem. But January is not the time. Even though I know it's a time that, that is available to buy players, there's not much gets done of quality. Does that butt up against your uh, you as an agent as well? Because you've obviously got younger players, you've got an opportunity to get in the team. So by having a reduced squad, that gives them a, a great opportunity. So does it make you are you in two minds with that? Not really, because I think I think you you can kill young players. Yeah, that that that's you know I hear the shouts for young players, and yes, obviously we'd you know it, it serves a purpose for us to get young players in playing first team football, but you can absolutely destroy them. You know, and particularly in intense situations where you've got a packed Elland Road, um, you know, you're fighting relegation battles and everything else, as much as they look great and as much as they look like they're capable and everything else, that's a huge, huge amount of pressure early. 
So if they have a mare in that game, that's not a one-game setback like it is for a senior pro. That That's a whole load of work for everyone around him to try and pick him up, to make him realise he is good enough, and that was a one-off. So, you know, I'm not... I'm never that keen, really, on particularly starts. You know, when they start, start Joffrey, start Joffrey, start Joffrey. Well, you know, just you know, let let it carry on as it is doing because he's he's an unbelievable footballer. You know, and and it'll all come good. You know, but you could also kill him. You know, yeah. it's 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 a really difficult balance, I think. The Joffe is is the perfect example, isn't it? Because it, he's not just a player that has done it for the under twenty threes. We've seen it now. You know, the secret's out. He really is. He is a top class yeah. pros, prospect. But then, yeah. So you look at it now, and, and Dan James is playing up front. He's not scored in eleven games or whatever, and you know he's struggled in front of goal all season. He he runs around and he does a a job. But at what point? I mean, would you play Joffy now? Would you would you want to see him chucked in if he was your client? Would you would you would you be a bit wary and just want him to be I'd, an impact? I'd, I'd still be a bit. I'd still be a bit wary, but uh, only because it's like a percentages game, isn't it? You know, Joffy comes on and creates something. He runs at defenders. You know, he he creates a bit of mayhem. You know, he's involved. If you start him, you know, and he loses the ball, then. No- if you take the number of times he might lose the ball just running at players doing things we love to see, you know, but then multiply that loss of ball by 20 because if he starts, he's going to lose the ball 20 more times than he has been that we've seen. And the fickle Leeds United fans out there will soon be jumping all over him going, do you know what? He's not all that. Look how many times he lost the ball. Look how many... So they'll look at all his deficiencies over 90 minutes which will be exaggerated because it is 90 minutes, you know, where, whereas right now that impact, I, I, I think probably sooner than perhaps he's been coming on, you know, for me. But if there's some sort of compromise there, that'd be ideal. That's what I was going to say. It was like, now can we hear from Hayden, the Leeds fan? Yeah. <laughs> Would you stick him in at the weekend? <laughs> yeah, I, phew, I don't, do you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I th- I'd like to see him on for at least 45 minutes. It's funny because in his only start, that was maybe his best appearance at Spurs. He was brilliant. Yeah. I don't know how long he lasted. It wasn't over an hour, was it? They, they no, did take him off, but him off. he started that game and he played really yeah, well. I, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I'm not saying, when I say start, I mean a full 90 minutes plus. Mm. Maybe he started, and then, and then, but don't let him burn out, you know, and, and just... I mean, I'd... I'd pressure for the kid, you know, I think... Yeah. Um, I mean, I know his I know his agent really well, Paul Stretford, who, who was Wayne Rooney's. You know, when Stret b- brought him here, you know, he's, he he called me and said, you know, I'm bringing one of the best I've ever seen to your club. I'm telling you now, you know, and so, uh, you know, I'll go by that. I think you know we we have to nurture him though. You know, just don't let him burn out. What other clients has he had then? Who's Joffy better than? <laughs> Oh, I don't, well, he's, yeah. Well, I suppose you know he's talking about. I mean, his best client at, at a young age would have been Wayne, so wow. he's comparing him to. Not bad. Yeah. You mentioned a Man United player there, Wayne Rooney, mm. and we've got um, an ex-Man U player in our team at the minute, which is Dan James. I, I think he's kind of been unfairly. I, I sort of fight his corner a bit on the podcast because I do think he's a, a good player, you know, um, and I do think he's been put in an, an unfortunate position 
up front <laughs> that that isn't part of his kind of skill set. And he, and he he did say a few weeks ago, I think when Bielsa was still here, and he was talking to Bryn Law, and he said, you know, when I go back to playing on 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 the wing, I think I'll be an improved player. Are you pro Dan James? Or? I'm 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 neither pro or anti. Actually, I think he's one of those that I can I can take or leave. You know, uh, um, I think as a as a number nine. You know, then I'm I'm not having him, but it's not his fault. I, I really like you. I, I feel really sorry for him, and I think we, nobody can ever criticise his work rate, his effort. You know, he, he does put everything he can into it. Um, I, I think his problem, you know, if he wants to, the problem is with our wingers. Are we? And this is why we have to wait and see what Marsh is all about. This relegation fight's not. We're not going to find out. But if he's going to play so narrow like he talks about, then, you know, we've got some real luxuries at that club that we're going to have to get rid of because they're not needed. You know, it's the way he plays. It's We don't need all these wingers. Yeah. Rafinha's one that I have said all season. I actually was getting a bit frustrated with him being stuck out on the touchline and I wanted to see him a bit more central, but... Um, yeah, it's there's a balance, isn't there? And, and Harrison, it, I don't think it's ever going to suit uh, Dan James. It's certainly not going to suit. You know, you need a bit more, um, like a bit more intricacy, don't you? Playing. I so think so. Central. I think this is why it's going to be intriguing to see what he does personnel-wise in summer um, to, to to adapt to his system because I don't think he's going to be able to to man manage some of those that are out on the wings. Uh, you know, and persuade them for the for the long term benefit of the club. They should be staying, or, or you know, I mean, you know, what we've got now is, you know, Rafinha is the best at throwing the ball the furthest. <laughs> I mean, what, what what is that all about? When Marsh came in, and especially when Bamford made his appearance, then unfortunately got injured again, which is leads that all over. I did kind of think though that Joffy would get a run in, and that we wouldn't still be playing Dan James up front and. And it surprised me because I I did genuinely think that that was a Bielsa nuance. You know, it's like, oh, I'll happily stick a winger up front, you know, and he'll be fine. You know, it's like, but to see Marsh doing it again is is a bit odd. I, I kind of expected you something can, different. I mean, there's a part of me that does understand it, though, because of his sheer pace, you know, and, and if you are going to play it over the top, you know, and, and he can get in behind, then there's probably nobody with the same pace as him. So So I sort of get it if he's getting fed the right balls or, or, or it's just so early for us to get our head round and for players even to get their head round such a dramatic change in the way we're going to play our football. Um, but, but if we are going to play it narrow and we are going to play through the middle a bit, you know, and occasional long ball, which is nothing wrong with at all. You know, if you want to penetrate Dan James's pace would work, but he's never going to hold it up for you. It hasn't really worked. What Marsh is trying to do, you can see it, and it's sort of happened in state, like little spells, 20 minutes against Southampton at home um, and you know Norwich in the first half. But yeah, otherwise, you know, we've, we've just not been getting Dan James into the channels. We've not been getting him in behind. I can't think well, of the, a one-on-one that he's had apart from City yeah. at the weekend, you know, when we were 4-0 down. Well, yeah. these, these good phases, as we keep getting mentioned in, in, in games, are, are not what we need right now. You know, it's, I don't care about good phases. You know, I want points. That's yeah. it. That's the bottom line. And and if Marsh can bring us those points, great. You know, and then let's review it only summer. But all I keep just thinking is, it's just such a tricky situation. And like, you you really want to be positive. Like all the time, I'm thinking, well, you know, we've still got 
few games to play and so have the other teams. So anything could happen, but it is really hard to drag yourself out of this negative mindset when you've not really had that. Well, what is we've lost one in six, I suppose. And then it's just the fact that the other clubs have done things that we (laughs) didn't need them to do, which no one thought would, would happen. And, and yeah, I just hope that the, the players are remaining positive because it's not for them. It can't be easy. Just, you know, getting beaten 4-0 and it's happened too many times this season so no I, th- I think you know professional footballers are professional footballers you know, uh, uh, how it affects them no matter what they say it doesn't affect them in the same way it, it affects them badly but not in the same way as it does us fans you know I mean they, because it will be devastating you know because we, we don't want to go to work on a Monday and I can't be asked even by Tuesday if we've lost they need to go to work Monday morning and get their heads on it. So they have to take, they have to, and they do take defeat very differently to a fan. It hurts just as much, but they can put it to the back of their minds much quicker than we can, and and that's what you're relying on. You know, I think I think you know I do think they're a really honest bunch. You know, it's obviously I'm not talking about the odd ones we represent because we don't have that many that are starters in that first team. You know, but all the impressions I get from everybody around them is that the one thing that we've got is a really good, honest bunch of players. You know, and and we sometimes yeah we have a go at the board and all that, but you know, maybe for different reasons, whether it's financial or whatever, they will be equally as desperate as us. You know, everyone in and around Leeds United wants them to stay in the Prem. You know, make no mistake about that. So, you know, mistakes might have been made, but I think they'll be made. You know, with with a genuine intention to keep the club in the prem and, and that's the dilemma do you um i mean i i've always been confident that we would stay up until probably this weekend this is that's when it sort of changed for me mm. although i thought we would go down after we lost to villa um but then you know we started to pick up some results but i'm just a bit worried that the players are sort of being held back a bit you know like I, not trying to beat palace you know settling i thought they've pretty much settled for a point at home to southampton and I'm worried now, you know, even against Brighton at home, like, what are we going to see? Are we going to see them to, you know, try and grind out a, a, a narrow win? And, and that that worries I me. Mean, I, I think, like, four games ago, five, five games, however many it was, there was a belief, perhaps, that grinding points at, I don't mean accumulating points, I mean grinding a one-point draw would be sufficient because we'd, we'd grind out enough of them that we've gone past that stage now. So, you know, it's grinding out a point here and there's no good to us anymore. Um, I, I just don't know. I, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I sort of can't see beyond sort of four points at the moment, but that could be enough because, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see the others maintaining their lucky runs. You know, I think there's some big games ahead which they will lose. And if we can, if we can get four together, it might be enough. I know some people are saying we need six, seven. You know, I just don't know where we get six or seven from. Do you think that... Because Jesse Marsh was obviously identified by the club for, you know, this uh, this idea of a uh, an evolution of Bielsa ball. Like, for me, the early signs are it's kind of the polar opposite to how Bielsa plays. I know there's, like, pressing somewhere <laughs> in, the, in, in our game, but... Um, kind of the fact that we are playing so narrow and, and like you say we've got a team full of wingers 
the the risk sort of slaps me in the face with all this that it's like everyone was kind of sold very early on when Jesse Marsh came in. Well, it's just going to be an evolution, you know. He's be- it's basically going to be Bielsa ball, but this nice American guy with good teeth and nice jeans that's going to be that's going to be uh, you know guiding the team. Do you, do you think that's fair or? Yeah, his stats and and everything else showed that he played high pressing game and uh, that that you would have thought he would quite easily slot into the way that the, 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 the lads or the lads mentality would slot into the way that he might want to play football um i think it might be just that he's he's try i don't know i can't put words in his mouth but I, from the outside it looks like he's he's come in then realized or knew anyway the severity of the situation he's had to be pragmatic before he can employ the tactics that he would normally employ so that high press and that intensity and all that, he's feeling far more conservative. That I've got to stop goals and I've, we've got to, we've got to get some points. So I think to to try and be fair to him, he's probably in a three month period of of his employment where he can't do the things that he really wants to do because we're in a relegation battle. So his previous tactics and his previous high intensity, the high press and all of that stuff. A lot of it's had to go out the window for him because it's it's a fight for survival right now. It's another one that I worried about um, in terms of the atmosphere at the club and, and what the players uh, sort of seeing every day on the training field is. You know, you're going from Bielsa, a, a world class genius who's like unbelievably meticulous, and then obviously the standard is is going to drop slightly, at, at least slightly, from what they've been used to for all these years with Marsh. Obviously, I'm completely speculating. He might be a genius himself, but, uh, you know, do you think that is going to be difficult for the squad? No, I, I think I think there might be, and it's not sitting on the fence, but pluses and minuses as always. I think that, yes, maybe some of that intense planning and, and the pressure that... It, that Bielsa put on them day in, day out in training might have been relaxed a little bit. Whether that's good or bad, I'm not sure. Um, but we're being told, you know, that he is a man manager, whereas Bielsa wasn't. Uh, you know, I'm still not having that. I think Bielsa was, but in his own his own way. Um, but you know, this guy puts his arm around people, he talks to people, he communicates. He's a much better communicator. So. Um, you know, it's finding that blend and he hasn't got the time to do it. That's the problem. So that longer term, that might be okay. You know, that that that, that you find a way of reducing intensity and things like that in training and talking more and being more of a friend to the players and you, you might well get a result. But he's short of time to be able to do that in terms of the, the initial target. Uh, clearly, he's been given a long contract. So there must have been conversations in that about this is plan A and this is plan B because, you know, we're not that stupid that we're signing you for three and a four years, whatever it was, without thinking we might actually go down this year. So it must be in his head that, that he could be coaching a championship side. Yeah. It made me wonder, again, it's a <clears throat> bit of a wild theory, but it made me wonder whether the board were a bit too complacent in in bringing Marsh in. You know, if they'd earmarked him for the summer... You know, I just look at the fixtures that were coming up, seven games against, you know, bottom half teams practically, and the players that were coming back, it felt to me, when I think about it, like they were trying to give him a bit of a head start, you know, and 
make him look the hero coming in and then and then crack on in the summer. Do you think there could be any legs in that? Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I don't know, you know, there's all sorts of conspiracy theories in there. But I think, you know, there is no doubt that the timing of him coming in for him was, he had nothing to lose, really. You know, it was, uh, if we go down, it was largely because 70% of the season's gone and it's all Bielsa's fault. You know, so he won't get any blame for that. If we stayed up, it's that change needed to be made. Look what's happened. We've stayed up. So, uh, y- you know, I, I don't know. Did you meet Bielsa in the end? No, never met him once, no. Um, I'm, I'm sure your clients have, like, had meetings with him and, and conversations. Is there anything that sort of stands out, like, really nice moments? Or No, I, th- I, think, I, I think early on... Some of the younger ones, you know, would would literally phone us that night if Bielsa had put his arm around them or smiled at them. <laughs> There's nothing about it, no intense conversation about anything. It's just you won't believe. You know, he smiled at yeah. and said, "Well done." You know, so, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, it, honestly, it was as it's simple as that. Oh. None of them have had any intense conversations or discussions or anything else with him. Yeah. I think he just talks with actions, doesn't he? Yeah, he just made it clear what he needed and wanted from everybody. I think they all got, they all got it. Would you say that it's it's been a? I mean, the, the players must have been heartbroken by by him leaving, like and you know your clients as well. You know, to to lose you know the chance to work with Bielsa. I mean, it must have been a blow. Yeah, I think I think it was, but again, like I said. Before, you know, it, it is the difference between good pros and bad pros. You know, good pros get on with it. You know, bad pros will find excuses not to perform. So I think all ours and all, yeah, well, all the lads, I would hope, just, yeah, we really miss him. We, we didn't like the way it went and everything else. But Monday's Monday. We've got a new gaffer, but we've got a job, you know, and we've got to get on with it. I think he's watching the matches. You know, I, I don't think he will, no. <laughs> I think he'll watch the results, but I don't think he'll watch the matches. No. Can't see it. It was horrible seeing the... I think he'll be studying tapes from the 10 or 20 clubs that are asking him to be manager now, <laughs> you know, <true>. so... <laughs> I can't wait to see where he goes. Like, you know, I, I really hope he gets a job for next season and, uh, yeah, it's a, a new second club, isn't it? Yeah, that would be fascinating to see where he goes. I find myself looking at uh, things all the time and being reminded of Bielsa, uh, which is so sad um but like you know when everyone threw all the paper onto the pitch of the weekend and obviously neville uh neville was upset about that wasn't he yeah. it just made me think like oh Bielsa would have made them pick that up at the end <laughs> <wouldn't they? laughs> but um yeah so obviously as well the, at the time of recording um you know we are how many years 30 years on from the the title win which is uh crazy i, I mean i have vague memories of it because I was like seven years old but that was a that was a you know a massive time for you and yeah. particularly your friends who and and colleagues as well yeah no no it it, it what well, is incredible that it's 30 years that's just it's just frightening you know but um yeah it, it was a fantastic time really I mean in all aspects because you know you were lucky enough to represent most of the players um Howard was was really good with agents who he thought were doing a decent job. You know, he wasn't one of the... In the back then, um, you know, there were plenty of managers that wouldn't even let you through the door, you know, or take your calls. 
but he I think he firmly believed right if we've got a happy camp generally you know we can all work together um so yeah we, I was lucky enough to get you know be involved and and see it all happening and then obviously have friends that, that were picking up medals and so so the whole thing was it was fantastic really in terms of uh, going back to Bielsa, because we always do, <laughs> uh, comparing Bielsa and Wilkinson, um, obviously Wilkinson won the title, so you know that's yeah. unbeatable. But in terms of the effect that you know, each manager had on the city, um, do you do you have a personal favourite? No, not really. I, you know, people. I think there were a lot of similarities, you know, um, but. Howard in an old-fashioned type of way, but but you know there the, are the quite a lot of similarities in in belief that that Wilkinson was it wasn't just about the football club that he felt you know the city needed to get involved. He was obviously he, he was concerned initially when he came in about the NF and and, and a lot of you know the stuff that was going on around that time, you know, and made sure that we had not for the sake of it, but we had good black players that he was bringing into the club to try and diffuse some of that. So he was like a thinking man, you know, it he, he wasn't just about the football. Um, and that's obviously Bielsa is, is very much, a, you know, thinking man about the community and all of that stuff. So, so there were likenesses there. Um, I think, you know, how, at the end of the day, Howard won us the title, you know? Um, so with Don, you know, he stands up there and, and that's it. You get, you know you can't discount that i think the whole thing for me about bielsa was just that that sort of wholesome feel good thing that that we'd never had before even under howard you know i mean you know we were still scrapping and things like that in those days you know home and away and we were still dirty leads and it didn't really it that didn't change you know we're leeds united that everybody hated and and there was still problems you know all around the club but but we won a title despite all that um, you know, with Bielsa, he sort of cleansed the whole situation in a way. Um, you know, so it's just a shame, he'd, you know, his legacy was was that. Not, you know, I just hope that, that you know, there's been talk about him getting freedom of the city, and that's what I think. That's the only fitting thing. You know, we we can't do anything for him at the football. They talk about statues and stuff like that. I think for him, the hurt is still there. You know, but. I think if the city of Leeds were to, to ask him to come back for the freedom of the city, that that he'd see as something really befitting. Yeah. Did Howard get that? Don't think he did, did he? No, no. No, I don't think so. It's funny, um, like, reading one of the books about that season when we won the league in 91-92, because I remember I started supporting Leeds, like, February of that season. So really, my best memories of Wilkinson was when it was really falling apart in the nineties. Um, but reading a book, I can't remember who by now badly, but um, it's a match by match thing. And at the end of each match, there's Wilkinson's interview, his comments, and it's just like reading the Bielsa translations. Yeah. Like they are, like he says the same things that Bielsa would say. It's quite quite remarkable. Um, I just yeah, it's uh, yeah. It gave me a lot more respect for Wilkinson. Not that I didn't have any anyway. I, I know that he won us the league, but um, yeah, when you've grown up with sort of the you know a lot of people wanting him sacked, you know, yeah, for a yeah. lot of it, um, it was great to see how fantastic he was. But I mean, in how like what gets me is how his recruitment thereafter went so downhill. You know, like what happened with the club from going from signing like McAllister, Strachan. 
mm. you know, all these top players to then, you know, sign in, you know, cast offs from Sheffield. Like, yeah. what's what, what went on there? Was it just financial? Or? Yeah, I think it, it was basically that. There's no, you know, there's no other way to describe it. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we were able to go shopping for quality footballers at one point. And then it was a clear case of, you know, we're having to sell first, you know, and get rid of our better players. And we haven't got the money to replace them. So that's exactly what happened. You go, you, you go down to, you know, what they thought might be honest characters, you know, and, and good hard workers and that type of thing. But the talent and the technique and the quality wasn't quite there. So. Do you think if uh, if Wilco would have been still around when the O'Leary babies were coming through, do you think he would have seen a, rena- a renaissance? And, and I don't know. I think I think it, it it's that. His time had come, you know, not 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 necessarily f- from his point of view, but you know, you know what it's like as Leeds Leeds fan. You know, once you lose the fans, and the top of that majority, not not a small minority or, or like split camps like we've got now, but once they turn, they turn, you know, and uh, and also you, you should never give Andy Gray his first start because that that was the beginning of the end. He played Andy at Wembley and. It was all over after that, so I blame Andy. <laughs> that was, yeah, it was an incredible decision. <laughs> like I still remember just being dumbfounded. Although he played well, to be fair to him. Um, but yeah, I think Brolin was on the bench, wasn't he? And it was just a mess by that point, wasn't yeah, it? And it was. Yeah, yeah it, it it was all over by then. Howard Wilkinson, it sort of petered out, didn't it? Whereas with Bielsa, we kind of got what we were expecting was everything to go out in a big bang and like and, every, and everyone kind of warned us that from the start but i think that's the also the thing that panged the most as well when it happened and and you know and um there's the the poet that refers to uh fans as bielsa widows which we kind of we kind of all are really aren't we and, and we do feel that way and yeah it's bielsa's created such a unique scenario and i don't think he will he'll, ne- he'll never be forgotten by the fans and you know in I think in years to come, he'll be talked about a lot around the world. He'll become like one of these, I mean, he is already, but you know, in more, more in the public eye, right? People outside of football will appreciate him because I think he is like an incredible human being really, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I think you've just got to treat it as a period that we were lucky to have him. We also got results, we got promoted. So, you know, we, we've had a really good time of it. And I think, but we are now, you know, we're Leeds United now, It's it's not, Bielsa United, and I love him, you know. But you know, we're all about Leeds now, aren't we? And whether we whether we stay up or we go down, I just hope that if we go down, and I really hope we don't, you know, then some of the momentum we've gathered, just as a fan base and everything else, sticks with us. I just hope we don't prove to be those fickle Premier League plastics, you know, that a lot of clubs have. I, I just if we go Championship, then let's you know let's rip it up in the Championship. Let's you know. Like go all these away games, you yeah. know. Let, let's have a you know push for tickets and yeah. Let, let's just keep this this feel good that there is, even if it's in a different league. Yeah, and yeah, because we were talking about this the other day, and we were saying that you know the circumstances of of Leeds United now, if we were to go down versus what it was like when we when we dropped out of the Premier League previously, are completely different. You know, like financially oh. and and the 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 business side commercially, we are in a much more stable position. Oh, yeah. 
And you'd think that we could certainly prop up our position. I mean, even the fact that parachutes parachute payments exist now yeah. as well, that, that wasn't the case when yeah. we dropped out as well. So the, the, it has changed remarkably, and, you, and you'd think we would be able to hopefully catch a falling knife, basically, yeah. you know, in, in, in the championship. And, and I think it would be... A, as hard as it is to sort of contemplate we might get into the championship again, I do think it's a completely different place. Yeah, no, so I do, I do. And, I, you know, I've just, you just have that niggling feel that it's, it's all going to go to the last game, you know, and it's going to be Brentford away. You're going to have 10,000, 15,000 Leeds fans without tickets and you've got another Bournemouth happening in the middle of London. That's And, and Pontus Janssen last minute header. Oh, I know. You just couldn't write it, could you? Oh, we have. We've <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least it's not going to be uh, Jesse Marsh and Gary Kelly t- r- r- reporting for uh, pre-season training. That was always the thing, wasn't it, with Blackwell? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the thing, you know, and we, we have a, a strong base of, of youth players as well waiting to come in. If the worst comes to the worst, I would like to feel that, you know, we can go again and, and yeah, make like, a fist of it. So. And I think, to be fair to Marsh, that's what we can... Uh, the only thing we can do is... He, he can be properly judged wherever we are after one season, after a pre-season of his own and a, a season. So, you know, let's say Bielsa took us up, had a pre-season and reached ninth in the Prem. So if Marsh can, can keep us in there, have a pre-season and get us anywhere around 10th, you know, then finally he'll have put all the demons to rest other than... the the legacies we've talked about and he'll be, he'll be judged in his own right then. I mean, if we go into the championship, oh God, it's horrible. Uh, it is horrible. Isn't it? Um, we're obviously going to lose like key players. Yeah. Um, you know, Rafinha, obviously Calvin. Yeah. Um, po- but pro- possibly others that I just don't even want to think about. But if we stay up, do you think we'll keep Rafinha? Do you think we'll keep Calvin? Rafinha feels like he's he's possibly on his yeah, way I'm in not the summer. Sure about Rafinha, I, I would like to think, just like all Leeds fans, but even with a commercial head on as an agent, uh, if we stayed up, then I would think, um, yeah, Calvin would stay, uh, give us at least another year. But they'd have to renegotiate. I think they'd have to renegotiate completely his contract, get release clauses in that suit Calvin. Because yeah. this time, this contract will be to suit Calvin, not Leeds United. Yeah. The worry that I have for not keeping Calvin, if we stay up, is that we haven't built enough on what we had, you know, and we have and we have dropped to where we are now. And yeah, that's my big concern because he's got so many friends that play for massive clubs um, now, you know, having played and done so well for England. God, we haven't even talked about that happening yeah, yeah. as well. You know, Calvin played in a, in a European... Yeah, yeah. Uh, final which was just unbelievable um and yeah that that's my concern that we've not built on it enough to kind of also keep calvin and and you know really show that we're a club that want to to challenge and get up there i think there'll be conversations that that you know calvin will have with the club it'll be first and foremost what's his contract looking like but before that signed you know what what else is happening you know where are we going to go where are we going to build but like we said right at the beginning of this, nobody can have those conversations till we know whether we're in the Prem or we're in the Championship, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> I think for me as well, again, it's a bit of a pessimistic head-on, but, um, you know, Biel- uh, he's gone from playing for Bielsa, who he loved dearly, um, in the, you know, the base of midfield. He's the, you know, the pivot of the team. He's holding it all together. 
Um, and then now he's, you know, just a, you know, another midfielder in, in Marsh's system, a manager who's, you know, unknown. He's not got the credentials as yet. It just makes me feel like, you know, why, I think you actually said this, like, was it you? Why would he stay? Like, you know, you know, apart from the facts, you know, I mean, how old is he? 27 yeah, now? I, th- I think he'd, you know, I think he'd, why would he stay? I mean, he'd stay, A, if the contract is right. You know, so you've got to start rewarding for the player that he is, and I'm sure Leeds are happy to do that. You know, we've got the money to be able to do that um, because to replace him, it wouldn't be just paying him the whatever a week. It'd be finding, it'd be spending the 50, 60, 70 million that we get on another one to replace him anyway. So, so from a club's point of view, practically give him what he wants within reason. Um, I think, you know, there is the family legacy thing, you know, with Calvin, you know, and, and I think, you know, he's a proper, genuine Leeds fan, Leeds lad and all that. And people discount that. Yeah, but when push comes to shove, well, no, it does count. For, for honest people, it counts, you know. Yeah. So I think that there's a lot of little things that count. Obviously, the biggest is that we have to stay in the Prem and then they have to sit and talk. I love Calvin. I don't want him to go. I think, you know, when we interviewed him, I was just blown away. I knew, I knew he was going to be a nice guy, and but he was just such a nice guy, like n- normal, just very humble, just loved football, lo- loves his family, and yeah. like he, and he genuinely loves Leeds. And, you know, and he was, I think he was so proud to play for England. And at that point, he just, I think he'd played his first couple of games for them maybe. And then to go on and do what he did. And I think it was, he most minutes outfielded by an English yeah, player. Yeah, at the, yeah, just, just like unbelievable. And, um, yeah, it's. I, I really hope he stays because he is. We've we've had the soul ripped out of the club. This what felt like that, you know, when Bielsa went, and to have another part ripped out would be would be awful. I think so. Yeah, I um, one of the things we were going to mention, you're also involved with City Talking again. Or have you always been involved with? Oh them? yeah, I've always been involved, but yeah, because I remember a obviously bit more of a role recently. Yeah, first time round we talked about them, but then yeah. Lee and Giuseppe, yeah, uh, they've got a new a new film out, which yeah. is. Uh, Rangers 72. That's, uh, Which looks... Re- <laughs> I mean, I always struggle with, like, watching other club documentaries, and um, but this genuinely looks really good. Yeah, I think I think we found a lot of similarities between Leeds fans and the way we think and behave and, and the Rangers fans, and particularly when you go back to a period there, 1972. Um, you know, so, so the, the whole story was, was sort of fascinating, really. It was... Brought to us, brought to me by a good mate who is a, a, a Leeds and Rangers fan. I mean, I, I can never sort of be <laughs> anything other than Leeds, but anyway, he is Leeds and Rangers. And he said, "Listen, you know, do you know this? Do you know the story?" So, we, without banging on about it, basically, sort of, if you imagine day one of the story is that there's the horrific Ibrox disaster, sixty-six deaths, a whole town and and uh, club devastated. And within less than 18 months, they've won the Cup Winners' Cup uh, in Barcelona. And in that journey, they've done a little bit of like a Stuttgart for us where um, they got knocked out in the quarterfinals. But the following day, the referee was told he should never have had penalties, which is what they got knocked out by because away goals counted double. You couldn't write it. <laughs> and so they were reinstated, played by a Munich, knocked them out, went to the final. This whole town was overtaken by Rangers fans, as as they do. Invaded the pitch. They couldn't award the the cup on the pitch. They had to just give them in the dressing room. Say, right, leave Barcelona now. So, the, just a great. But we picked up with 
all the characters and fa- it, it's you don't have to be a, like a Rangers fan. You know, it was more about the journey and and uh, it's more fans. We don't really do highlights and stuff. You yeah. know, it's, it's 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 the story of the fans. What I've found um, writing books is that the the deeper you delve into a story, like the more fascinating it becomes, you know, you reveal, yeah. you know, all sorts of things that you, you know, even though you think you know a story, yeah. like it, it becomes more and more amazing. And you have moments of revelation, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're delving into these stories. Yeah. When's that out then? Uh, it's, it's out now. Funny enough, we did the premiere in Glasgow last week. Uh, so it's... Um, the, the good do. Yeah, it was great do, yeah. Yeah, really good. Yeah, they not enjoy themselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's out now. And it's. Uh, I think uh, I think you've just gone... I'm no good at, at uh, PR and selling, am I? Uh, Rangers72.com, I think, is the yep. the website. And I think it is coming on streaming platform soon it, as well. Yeah, isn't that'll it? be about a month's time. And then eventually you, you look out for the normal platforms, I think. Yeah, good stuff. Right, I'll definitely watch that. And uh, I knew you'd have a chance to plug that you've uh, a published author there as well, Rocker. Bloody hell, typical. I tried to play it down. <laughs> tried to play it down, but still did it. <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously we've we've said we're gonna we're gonna remain positive about Leeds, and you know we've got a few games left to play. But I guess the burning question is, can we do it though? Yeah, I think we'll stay up. Do you? Yeah. Is it gonna be? Is it going to be a last game of the season, yeah, uh, like will. to the wire? <laughs> yeah. <fuck's> sake, <laughs> I can't cope with it. It's like I, uh, yeah, I can't cope it's with it. It's been a long time since we had a Bournemouth, isn't it? So I think you know, let's we'll all get down to the city, uh, get into London, <laughs> smash Brentford. Pontus Janssen own goal. Yeah, that turns the story on yeah, its head. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, I, I think I still think we'll stay up. That makes me feel a bit better. I just can't process it. I just don't. I can't. I can't remember, imagine. Remember the last three. You told you, you started off saying I made three predictions three years. <laughs> all right, yeah, we're all right. I'm only making one prediction. Bloody hell! That's that we're staying up. Bold as brass. There you go. Um, and if we don't, what's your forfeit? <laughs> um, let's see. I don't know. To be honest, I'll tell you what. If we don't, I'll get a David Batty signed shirt to the charity of your choice. I mean. I don't want us to go down, but <laughs> no, that'd be that'd be awesome. Um, but let's hope that we don't have yeah. to do that. Yeah, well, let's hope I don't have to ask Matt. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Can you imagine going to him? What would he be like if you had to ask him for that? Uh, he'd be fine, as long as it's a decent charity. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll let him pick. <laughs> I'm not messing with him. Um, Hayden, it's been a pleasure as always. Thanks so no, much. Thanks for having me. And, uh, We'll definitely do this again and it won't be three years yeah look forward to it all right cheers mate thank you Network.